you are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Another week in the books without NFL games being played, and I'm hanging on by a thread. I'm just kidding. It's the Locked On NFL podcast. I'm your Monday host, Bo Brock, daily host of Locked On Cardinals. Today's episode brought to you by the amazing Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKDOWN, one word, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Oh my gosh, if you haven't had a Built Bar yet, what are you doing with your life? Like, you might have several questions that you face and stare down every day, but the fact that you haven't had a Built Bar yet, that's the one that needs to be uh, resolved and remedied as soon as possible. So go to the website, BuiltBar.com. And get yourself the protein bar that's basically disguised. It's a candy bar. It tastes just like one. Make sure you're following along on Twitter. We've got great content being churned out on a daily basis from all our hosts here on the Locked On NFL Network. Just follow at Locked On NFL Pods. It's your one-stop shop for great NFL content. And, of course, you can follow me. That's more of a pity follow at Bobrack, B-O-B-R-A-C-K, to follow myself, Bo Brock. We have a huge podcast in store for you today. Is the quarterback class the deepest position of the 2021 NFL Draft? Our guy Kyle Crabb, senior analyst of the Draft Network, will answer that. The majority of mock drafts that I'm looking at have five quarterbacks going in the top 20 picks. Now, is that uh, because it is such a talented group? Or is it because it's there's a ton of quarterback-hungry teams out there? Kyle will attempt to answer that question. I'm sure he's got more inside it on it than I do. And the next big name quarterback that could be on the move. We saw at the end of last week, Carson Wentz traded from Philadelphia to Indianapolis. We've seen Matt Stafford and Jared Goff trade places between Detroit and LA. I think you can figure out who won that little swap. But the next big name quarterback that could be on the move, and it is the biggest name of the NFL offseason, our guy Bill Rossetti of Locked On Panthers with the latest out of Charlotte. Can Carolina still pull off the biggest deal of the NFL offseason and trading for Deshaun Watson? It was last week that Panthers ESPN reporter David Newton said the Panthers were preparing to make a strong push for Watson and will do whatever it takes to get Watson, and that includes giving up three first-rounders and running back Christian McCaffrey, which is about as steep a price as you could pay for the NFL passing yards leader. Speaking of Carolina Panthers, quarterbacks, the man that played the position at the highest level, and no, I'm not talking about Jake DeLome, Cam Newton. There was a viral video over the weekend of the NFL quarterback being heckled at his own youth football camp over the weekend. Basically, the kid was using the fact that Cam is an NFL free agent as a shot at Newton. As the kids would say, he's washed. Now, the kid never said that, but he just kept on telling Cam Newton that he's a free agent. The young man quickly realized that he wasn't in the safety of a comment section like on social media, Instagram, or Twitter, and Cam tripped back. Wanted to have a conversation with the young man, and uh, Cam's response early in the conversation, or the argument, whatever you want to call it, was he was rich. Both of these are facts. One, Cam Newton's an impending free agent, and he's also rich. He might be currently unemployed between jobs, but... He's made $120-plus million playing in the NFL alone. 
I mean, we're not even talking about his deals with Under Armour, Peloton, or he was pushing yogurt. Uh, Cam Newton, also a Heisman winner. Collegiate national champion. Number one overall pick. NFL MVP. Played in the Super Bowl. He's the Panthers' all-time leader in passing yards and passing touchdowns and rushing touchdowns. I believe he's the all-time leader as far as the NFL is concerned in rushing touchdowns at the quarterback position. Just an incredible career. I mean, say what you want about Cam Newton, but here are a couple facts. What I just ran off, that incredible resume, and that the man is very active in the community, including football camps like these. It just happens that this disrespectful young man went viral, and that was probably every bit of his intention by chirping at Cam Newton and making a scene and getting a reaction, and he got one. I don't think it's an indictment on our youth. We could sit there and I can be an old man on my lawn and just shaking my fist at the kids that go by and call them whippersnappers and all that stuff. But the kid looked foolish at the end of the day. And in most of the comments section on Twitter, Instagram, wherever the viral video was posted, got it right and kind of putting the kid in his place. Some probably uh, went a little too far. But, uh, I mean, this, this kid, this twerp, would be lucky to accomplish any one of the things. How about just... Get a scholarship, and then maybe we can, you could you could chirp at Cam Newton, maybe uh, maybe play at the NFL level, and then you can you can start running your mouth. But until you do those things, all you're gonna be is just a loudmouth on a viral video. Someone at least like point me in the direction of a highlight of this kid playing football. I think I'd be hard pressed to think of a quarterback in the NFL right now that has a more spectacular highlight reel than Cam Newton. Now, I mean, did he do it on a consistent basis? I mean, you can, you, I mean, they're, they're going to be the critics, but uh, Cam Newton did some pretty special things in the NFL. What's the saying? Lions don't lose sleep over the opinions of sheep. It was, it was Cam in the video asking, like, where's your, fa- where's your dad? Where's your father right now? Somebody teach this kid a lesson. I can't believe that I, of all people, have to tell this kid that, you know, you shouldn't be talking trash to me at my youth football camp of all places. Other news, other quarterback news out of the NFL, not really having to do with uh, the playing field. It was um, Patrick Mahomes and his fiance announcing the birth of their first child. Patrick Mahomes and Brittany Matthews announced the birth of Sterling Sky Mahomes, a 6-pound, 11-ounce girl who was born on Saturday. Congratulations to the NFL MVP, a Super Bowl MVP, a champion. Uh, it probably makes that Super Bowl loss to Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers look pretty inconsequential on the grand scheme of things. So congratulations to Mahomes and his fiance On the birth of your beautiful baby girl, I'm sure that sweet girl will dominate in whatever sport she chooses to play in the near future. This episode of the Lockdown NFL Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, even though we've got some FCS action starting to fire up. I saw Deion Sanders primetime in his coaching debut for Jackson State. Roll. Wonder what the spread on that game was. You can also get NBA action, college basketball, NHL in full swing. Bet Online also covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You need to spice up 
Give yourself a reason to sit down with your significant other and watch The Bachelor. Well, why not put some get some action on it? Real-time updated odds, props, almost anything you can imagine. Bet online also has you covered as far as news, scores, odds, and the best way to place your bets. And it's free to sign up. Head over to the website, use your mobile device, and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On, one word, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. You put in 100, you'll get 50 bucks for free. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Is quarterback the most talent-rich position in the 2021 NFL Draft? Our guy Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network answers that. Plus, Zach Wilson of BYU, has he locked himself in as the number two overall selection in this spring's draft? Former host of the Monday Locked On NFL podcast, Peter Bukowski, is doing big things. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with Locked On today. Peter, he'll host it, break it down, the biggest stories, with analysis from local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you will need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. 66 days until the NFL draft, but who's counting? The NFL draft, uh, it's it's going to be here before you know it, and we are just knee-deep in draft coverage the Draft Network senior analyst, Kyle Krabs, joins us here on the Locked On NFL podcast. Bo Brock, hang out with you on a Monday. Kyle also hosts Draft Dudes, great podcast with Joe Marino and Locked On Dolphins. Kyle, a lot of mocks, including your latest at TDN. They have five quarterbacks going in the top 20 in the first round. But is quarterback the most talented position group in the 2021 draft class? Uh, first and foremost, I am counting, yes. Um, <laughs> looking forward to getting through the the busy season that that is the off season, ironically enough. I know a lot of people get a good chance to catch their breath, but looking at this draft class, I think the offensive talent in general definitely uh, overwhelmingly at the tra- top of the draft relative to the defensive talent stands out. As far as how I view the most talented positions, uh, I think wide receiver and offensive tackle are more ta- more deep positions at the top of the draft than quarterback. I know based on the scarcity and and the demand for that position, you will get four guys in the top eight or five guys in the top 20. Uh, Just that that's kind of everybody's general anticipation of the the class. And you might not see the same numbers of those other two positions, offensive tackle and wide receiver. But as you get down to like OT six and OT seven and wide receiver seven and wide receiver eight, it's like these are like starting prospects for NFL teams right out the jump. So I think that's a really good testament uh, of what their depth in this class looks like. It's really interesting, especially when you bring up the fact that it's mostly on the offensive side of the football. But in recent years, what we've seen, Kyle, is the first non-quarterback, the defensive players have been hits. You know, it's Chase Young, Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, Joey Bosa. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's guys that were, you know, big-time prospects coming out but they didn't play the quarterback position and teams obviously quarterback hungry teams were willing to use that utilize that top pick if not the first two picks in the draft but the other teams are they just following in their lap or are they doing such a the due diligence enough to make sure that these guys are absolute studs right out of the gates like the prospects i just mentioned yeah it's um at at some point the the, any need for a position just kind of falls behind drafting good football players. Mm -hmm. And I think with some of the the names that you mentioned, players that have had success right out the jump, uh, 
you knew coming out that they had high level physical traits uh, and they had high level technical traits too. So the, from a football IQ perspective, you felt like they were ready to go and, and contribute right away. I think that's the difference between this year's classes. Uh, our, t- our top corner at TDN is uh, Caleb Farley, who played two years of corner after being a quarterback in high school. And then he came to Virginia tech as a wide receiver and he's superbly athletic and we love his ceiling, but he didn't play in 2020 and he's played two years of corner. You look at linebacker and Micah Parsons didn't play last year, the top edge rusher coming into the season. He probably won't be the first guy off the board, but Greg Rousseau out of Miami redshirt sophomore. Uh, He didn't play in 2020. So I think that's the difference with this year's class versus some of these past year's classes where this first defensive player off the board is like a plug and play stud. Uh, I don't know if those dynamics are going to be quite as prevalent this year. Our guy Kyle Krabs joins us. Of course, the draft dudes locked on Dolphins. Give the guy a follow on Twitter at Grinding the Tape. The TDN is just churning out incredible content on a daily basis. I highly recommend you check it out, thedraftnetwork.com. Now, Kyle, I'm talking to Bill Rossetti from Locked On Panthers later in the podcast, and Carolina sits eighth. Are they better off paying a premium for Deshaun Watson or aggressively moving up the draft board? are kind of rolling the dice and sticking and picking at eight. What's your opinion on that? I definitely think they need to make a splash, but I think what makes me the most confused about Carolina and their situation is they had a golden opportunity when they made the regime change to embrace a rebuild. And instead they signed Teddy Bridgewater to a three year, $66 million contract. And they signed Robbie Anderson to a significant sized contract and they come out and they win. Uh, a couple too many games to, to, to put them in the strike zone to feel really confident that they're going to get one of these top four quarterbacks. And they didn't trade out of their top 10 pick last year. So uh, you don't have any extra draft capital to work with. If you do, do get into an arms race with uh, some other teams that would be bidding for the services of trading up to number two or three or trading for Deshaun Watson. So uh, I'm wondering if Carolina has any buyer's remorse about keeping Marty Herney on board for another year, because if everybody would have been in on the rebuild and they would have gone a little bit more long-term view with how they chose to handle getting ready for the 2020 season, I think they would be much better aligned to get the kind of splash done Mm -hmm. that it seems like Dave Tepper and the Carolina Panthers want to make. Uh, But I definitely think you can't just bank on sitting at eight and I don't think they're going to have the appetite to do that. They're going to try to make a splash. It's just a question of where they find the best chance to do so. I mean, we're looking at Trevor Lawrence sharpied in at number one, and then it's trending towards Zach Wilson, the BYU quarterback, being number two. And it seems like mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to figure out what Wilson could do or not do to not go number two in the 2021 NFL draft. Yeah, it definitely seems like that's the trend, and he's – the hot commodity, the hot name, because he came out and and really blew his play out of the water this year. And he has a lot of those same fun flashes of, of peaks of creativity that uh, some quarterbacks in the league who I'm not going to name names because I think the comparisons are outrageous yeah. between him and the quarterback, say, in Kansas City. Uh, but, but people see the creativity that Zach Wilson plays with and his – kind of gunslinger approach and they see he has a plus arm and they want to make that jump. Uh, And and that's just a little rich for me Mm -hmm. uh, as far as Zach Wilson. But I think with the league trending the way that it is uh, with all the spacing and wide open offense and uh, 
seeing what a guy like Patrick Mahomes has done to really energize a Kansas City offense, I think there's going to be a lot of teams that want the next best version of that, and there's going to be some, it seems like, who think that Zach Wilson can be that, even though for me personally, I still like Justin Fields over. Yeah, it is interesting. It's like Justin Fields had that phenomenal game against Clemson, and if he doesn't play in the national championship game, he still might be a legit contender for that number two spot. Yeah, and, and it, it it happens a lot where there's fatigue. Yeah. Uh, and, and everybody knew who Justin Fields was because he had a really good season at Ohio State in 2019. Uh, Zach Wilson was the starter, but he was kind of off the reservation. And you see this kind of quarterback comes up the ranks. There's one every single year. Last year, it was Joe Burrow. Out of nowhere, he was considered a, a day three pick before his final season, and he made a huge leap. Gets drafted one overall. Kyler Murray, the year before that, was considered a baseball player. Wins the Heisman Trophy, gets drafted one overall. The year before that was Baker Mayfield. He was considered to be a day three pick. He plays lights out, gets drafted number one overall to Cleveland. And you can even go a year before that for Mitchell Trubisky, hmm. who was the backup to Marquise Williams at North Carolina. is a one-year starter and played really well, showed his athleticism and his arm and ends up getting drafted number two as QB1. So, like, there's a track record of this year over year over year over year, and I I think this will be the break where Trevor Lawrence is going to hold on to QB1, but, like, this kind of profile gets drafted very early each and every year. Yeah. it's It'd be interesting to see if the, uh, the, the NFL franchises that are in a position to pull the trigger on that, they have a little bit of buyer's beware on that. <laughs> we'll see. That's what, uh, what makes this season great. Of course, mock draft season – you can find one. It's a mock draft Monday, of course, here on the Lockdown NFL podcast. Check it out, TDN, thedraftnetwork.com. Last question for Kyle Krabs, host of Lockdown Dolphins as well. Could, should Miami try to contend with the reported Carolina Panthers trade package for a guy like Deshaun Watson? Yes. Wow. It's If you are any team in the quarter or any team in the league that does not have a top five quarterback, yeah. you should be absolutely interested in getting in the market. And the appeal for Miami is that the Dolphins had a really good defense last year. I believe they finished sixth in the league in scoring defense. And it was a year in which they spent a bunch of money in free agents to kind of get that side of the ball fixed and ready to go. And and they by and large pushed the right buttons to do so. And they did that at the expense of, of rounding out the skill players uh, to go with their offense and, Lo and behold, that ended up being the weakness of the team. So the Dolphins know what they need to address. Deshaun Watson's cap commitment of $10.54 million in 2021 is not going to cripple any team who brings him into the fray. And the Dolphins have the luxury of having three and 18 this year. And they could also send a one next year. So this is where, I, when I mentioned Carolina having maybe some buyer's remorse or, or seller's remorse for uh, not trading out of a pick or not am- allocating any extra draft picks at their disposal. Miami has the easiest pitch in the world because they say, we can give you three instead of eight, and you can get all your first-round picks in a two-year window instead of a three-year window, which is what Carolina would be able to give you. So, you know, it's kind of a Band-Aid approach for the Dolphins. Let's say, okay, you know, they want three ones. We'll give them our three ones in the next two years. We still have 36 and 50 in this year's draft, and we can keep our two next year. And if they want a player, we can give them a player. 
Brings it wherever he's talking to you, writing for you. Kyle Krabs, of course, at Grinding the Tape on Twitter, Director of Scouting, The Draft Network, and Locked on Fins. Follow that on Twitter as well. Kyle, tremendous insight, man. Thanks for having me, Bill. Bill Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. Ever. It's not even close. Like, they are changing the game. And they're making it even better. Because they've added six new flavors on top of the 12 original flavors. They're always bringing into the fold limited time flavors like the coconut brownie. The worst part is you you feel like you should be guilty eating this thing because it tastes just like a candy bar. But it's a protein bar. It's an equally as healthy as it is delicious. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bar is low calorie, low sugar, but high in protein and high in fiber and great for the keto diet. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now, you use the promo code LOCKEDON, one word, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's using the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Kyle with just tremendous insight. Him and Joe, fantastic for draft dudes. But you should also join the Draft Network's Trevor Sigma and Ben Solak every weekday on LOCKEDON NFL Draft. Every Monday through Friday, it's Trevor and Ben breaking down everything you need to know about the NFL Draft, upcoming prospects, and more through the scouting lens. With mock drafts every Monday, get an early look at which top prospects may be available for your team over at Locked On NFL Draft. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. It's Bo Brock hanging out with you, and I'll still fill you in as far as the important NFL dates that you need to know, like tomorrow really is uh, the first one of the offseason. I'll tell you what it is in a few minutes. A trio of big-name quarterbacks have changed teams already this offseason. The latest, Carson Wentz, headed to Indianapolis. Will Carolina win the prize, though, of the 2021 NFL offseason? Bill Rossetti of Locked on Panthers joins us here on the Locked on NFL podcast, also writes for SI Panthers as well. Bill, thanks for joining the pod. And um, just real quick, some thoughts on the pip squeak who is chirping and heckling and being just disrespectful towards Cam Newton at his own camp. Yeah, that, that, that was a crazy video. You know, at first when I was seeing the some of the tweets flying around, I'm thinking like, you know, was was Cam Newton in the wrong? But, you know, the, you, you could argue the kid was obviously being a little disrespectful too, being at, at the camp. And, you know, this is supposed to be a time to like, you know, learn and grow. I don't know. It's... Yeah, it was a it was a rather interesting sequence of events to say the least. <laughs> Let's just say we're glad it wasn't our kid. <laughs> Let's get yes. into this conversation now. Uh, Bill Rossetti of Locked On Panthers joins us here on the Locked On NFL podcast. Bo Brock hanging out with you on a Monday, and uh, we'll use the offensive drive analogy. Where are the Panthers on a potential Deshaun Watson deal? Are they in their own territory? Are they midfield? Are they driving? Are they in the red zone? Are they on the goal line? Are they even on the playing field, I guess? Are they even driving offensively for a potential deal with Deshaun Watson? Oh, I would say they're definitely on the field. Um, They're probably around midfield. We're going to go like that. You know, obviously nothing really feels imminent. There's obviously a, a lot of factors still in play here. Number one, are the Texans even going to trade Deshaun Watson? Number two, of course, would Deshaun Watson come to the Panthers because as we know he has the no trade clause he would have to waive that first um, but we know the Panthers are going to be aggressive we also the reports of course that the Panthers were in on Matthew Stafford they were willing to trade the number eight pick similar to the Denver Broncos they both offered the top 10 pick and their quarterback 
try to get Stafford, who, of course, ultimately landed with the Rams. And I, I still believe the, the Lions, you know, as kind of a side note, I still believe the Lions made out pretty well in that deal, getting two first-round picks out of it, even if you're absorbing Jared Goff for two years. But this um, this is an aggressive ownership in David Tepper, and obviously a new regime in, uh, in Matt Rule and, of course, new GM Scott Fitterer. So it just feels like Tepper wants this team to go out and just make the necessary moves. You know, he's tired of losing. He's been with the franchise now a couple seasons, yet to have a winning season. If they don't get to Sean Watson, they're definitely going to be aggressive in the draft. I can certainly see them trading up to possibly that number three overall pick, trading with the Dolphins, taking basically whoever the Jets don't take at number two, if they take a quarterback at all. I believe they will, but they are going to be in on Deshaun Watson, and I'm sure they're going to do, do whatever it takes, even knowing that they you know, they, they can't compete package-wise with teams like the Jets and the Dolphins, so they're really going to have to pony up, but David Tepper feels ready to do it. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the, the aggressive approach. I mean, this is a team, that, especially as late as or as early as last week, they were they're still shedding a ton of salary. If they don't get a, a, a deal done for Watson, what was it still necessary for them to clear close to thirty million dollars in cap space to continue to rebuild this this roster and as they approach their second season under Matt Rule? Yeah, I think a lot of these moves were expected to happen anyway. You know, Kwan Short was due about a twelve million dollar salary. and really, his cap number was going to be close to. $20 million. Panthers weren't going to do that for, you know, for as good as short's been over the years for the Panthers. He's missed, or he's had his last two seasons ended prematurely with shoulder injuries. So the Panthers are never going to give him that kind of money. Now they are open to bringing short back on a more team friendly deal. So we haven't ruled that out, but they weren't going to keep him at his current contract. Michael Polardi was an expected cut too. You're not paying a backup punter almost $2 million when you have, an undrafted free agent doing just as good of a job. And of course, Pilardi was coming off the ACL injury and Steven Weatherly never really made much of an impact in his first season in Carolina and cutting him saved about $6 million. So these, these are expected moves. You know, I get obviously fan bases out there going to be like, Oh, they're saving all this money. They're ramping up to make a move. You know, they, they have a lot of other needs that they have to take care of too. And that's where some of this cap space is going to go to as well. You got to take care of Taylor Moten. Uh, worst case scenario, he's probably going to get the franchise tag. They're going to try to resign Curtis Samuel, uh, probably going to resign one of their guards that are about to be free agents. More likely it, it sounds like John Miller is the priority over Chris Reed. So still got a bunch of needs that they got to take care of other than going after Deshaun Watson. And really, Deshaun Watson's cap hit wouldn't be that much for 21 anyway. So they can easily absorb that. And, you know, there's probably still some moves to make. They might restructure some contracts. Um, but they're, you know, gearing up for some cap space this year, and they're already starting to build a lot of cap space for next year. And that's even with likely getting Teddy Bridgewater off the books in 22 as well. So, yeah, this – could help absorb a little bit of space for Deshaun Watson, but this is just more, these were expected moves to be made and just trying to take care of the team as a whole going forward. They're really going to play an integral role in this NFL offseason, depending on what they do or don't do at the quarterback position, whether it's 
through trade or whether it's in the draft or being aggressive in trading up in the in the draft or what they do with that eighth overall pick, it's really going to impact the players or the teams selecting below them. It's really going to be fascinating to see what the Carolina Panthers end up doing or they could just reshape the trade market as far as NFL quarterbacks go, and that would be, what, the third time over this offseason. Bill Rossetti, really fascinating stuff. Make sure you're listening to him. Locked on Panthers and reading his work covering the Carolina Panthers for Sports Illustrated. Bill, thanks, man. Thank you. Now, tomorrow kind of really kicks things off as far as the NFL offseason's concerned. It's Tag Day. Oh, I know. You've got it marked on your calendar already. You're like, of course I know Tag Day. Yeah, Franchise and Transition Tag Day uh, that's going to be February 23rd, which is tomorrow, and that's going to last through March 9th. And if you're looking at uh, you know, how much your team could potentially franchise tag a player for, a quarterback is going to run you around $24 million. Defensive ends, pass rushers, $17 million. Wide receivers, almost $16.5 million. Linebackers, $15 million. Corners, $15 million. Offensive linemen, $14 million. Defensive tackles, $14 million. Safeties. 11 million running backs, 11 million tight ends, 10 million. So we'll start to see which of these potential impending free agents are actually going to hit the open market. If Dallas were to tag quarterback Dak Prescott again, who played in 2020 before his horrific leg injury, he played just over $31 million in 2020. His cap, a second franchise tag in 2021 would be close to $38 million. Because the CBA mandates a 20% raise. If it somehow gets to next offseason he's tagged, that's a 44% raise. And <laughs> Dak would be making $54 million. So if you're Dak Prescott, you know, it's being it's becoming pretty lucrative just getting tagged each and every season. I got that's that's not sustainable for Dallas. You gotta imagine this is the offseason that if they're going to extend him, do a multi-year deal, that it's gonna happen. But we'll see. We'll see. There are a couple interesting wide receivers. That could receive the franchise tag, as I mentioned. You know, that's going to cost a team about $16.5 million. We'll see how that uh, that plays out. You know, Allen Robinson with, with the Bears. Kenny Galladay with the Lions. Some interesting names out there that uh, if they hit the open market, probably going to command some pretty large salaries as well. Getting a lot of guaranteed dollars. So this will go on until March 9th, and then uh, March 15th, basically the legal negotiating window ahead of NFL free agency. Really, that's when things are going to get spicy. Can't wait for it. New league year begins. Free agency officially opens on uh, St. Patty's Day, March 17th. Um, And then, you know, you're starting to see some um, off-season workout programs. And then April 29th, 2021 NFL draft. Can't wait for it. That's going to wrap things up for me, Bo Brock. Of course, you can always get at me on Twitter, at Bob Brack, B-O-B-R-A-C-K. And, of course, for great NFL content, of course, follow at Locked On NFL Pods, Ross Jackson, Lucas Braun. They are your host tomorrow. They've got a great podcast headed your way. Have a great rest of your Monday.